who is managing your culture? Because if you're not actively managing it, guess what? You want to know who's managing it? Your, your employees are. Somebody is managing your culture. In fact, I like to say you're managing your culture or it's managing you, right? And I, I, I just had um, recently another experience that demonstrated this for me. I want to share that with you as well as I want to tell you about a um, the first time I learned this really powerfully where I was working with an executive who was really good. She was really good at managing the culture. I couldn't believe it. So I'm on the uh, I'm on the road in Georgia. You can probably hear some of the background noise. You're going to have to forgive that. But this is uh, this is an episode from on the road working with a uh, with a client out in Georgia today. Welcome to this uh, this episode of the Culture Hacks podcast. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks podcast. It is so good to uh, record one of these episodes on the road again. Like this used to be how I did a bunch of the episodes. Like I would do some in my home office and then I would do a bunch in a rental car or a hotel room or wherever I might be anywhere in the world. I've recorded these in Singapore and in Sydney and in London and on the train across Europe, uh, uh, England. And, uh, and today I'm, I'm in a rental car headed back to the uh, Atlanta airport and uh, it's been so good to be with uh, with one of our clients on um, these last few days. And perhaps I'll share more about some of the lessons of the last few days later. But today I want to talk about um, an experience I had that really demonstrated to me this principle that either you manage your culture or it is going to manage you. And I don't care whether you're part of an organization that has 10 employees or you're leading a team of 10,000 employees or, or, or people. Um, this principle matters. It's super important. And so let me uh, let me start by sharing this uh, this experience I had a few years ago. So a, pharma, a pharmaceutical company that is a client of mine, um, we um, we were we were just I think we were just starting to work with them several years ago, and we got on the phone with the head of this um, business unit, and and she asked us she she led several thousand people and she wanted us to do some work with um, her sales team her national sales team which was several. I don't remember how many people. It was several hundred. I, I remember at one meeting that we had. But what? Anyway, she wanted us to to really get an assessment of the of the culture. And so we told her, okay, well, we need to talk to some folks. And you know, you can you can assess the culture a, a few different ways. One of them is by doing interviews. And you can do those on site, or you can do them over the phone. And you talk to you know 10 employees, or you talk to 30 employees. You interview them, you ask them similar questions, and you you you, you get a read on the culture. Or you can do it through a uh, through an assessment. We have um, some some uh, proprietary software that we use, uh, questions that we use that uh, you just you just have a, a group of employees, or all of them, depending on how many people you want to engage. You have them fill out. 
answer these questions. And then you, you get the data back and you get a good read of the culture. So one of the tools she had us use was these interviews. So we I don't remember how many people we chatted with, but it seems like 20. Let's just call it 20. So we, we got on the phone with 20 different people on the sales team. Some of them were uh, in leadership positions or management positions. Some of them were, were sales reps. And we, we asked them these certain questions. And, and then we, you know, we take notes and we collect the data and then we were to get back on the phone with this leader and to share with her our initial assessment, some of the beliefs that existed in the organization that were working for them, helping them deliver the results they were trying to deliver. And then, and then a, um, some beliefs that are working against you, that this, this mindset is holding your organization back from achieving the results you're trying to, trying to achieve. And so we went through this process and one of the words, one of the words that came up over and over and over again in these interviews that I, I did as well as some colleagues of mine on the team did um, was the word transparency. So when we would ask the person on the phone to give us some words to describe the leadership team, every single person, I mean, like, didn't matter where in the U.S. they were located, didn't matter what their position was, didn't matter how long they were with the company, none of it mattered. They all used, one of the words they used to describe the leadership team was transparent. And so when my colleagues and I get back on the phone and we're kind of comparing notes, getting ready to do this debrief in a few days for the leader, we're like, well, did you hear transparent? Yeah, I heard transparent. Did you? Yeah, everybody said it. And so we, we got our report ready to present our findings to this leader. We get on the phone with her and some of her direct reports. And one of the things that we mentioned, it was a very small part of um, our report out. But one of the things we told her is we said, hey, it's so interesting because this one word kept coming up in this part of our interview and it was the word transparent and and she said to us oh that's not surprising yeah that uh, good I'm glad like like she was that was like a no-brainer to her that that word showed up in our interviews and so I asked her I said hey help me with that like, why did we, we rarely have a situation? We'll sometimes get, we'll often get, you know, 70%, 80% of people will mention something, a certain belief or certain mindset, but it's rarely a hundred percent. We'll use one specific word. And I said, so help me. Why, why that doesn't seem to surprise you. Why doesn't it surprise you? And what she said was, well, I've been using that word consistently, repeatedly, for the last several months, like I'm, that's I, I expected that people would use it back, and a light bulb went off in my mind. And in fact, it wasn't like a light bulb; it was like flashing lights and sirens and disco balls. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, hang on, that that's really interesting. So, as I've thought about that over time, I've thought about my kids. And, you know, I've shared in other podcast episodes, if, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that I'm religious, I'm a person of faith, I happen to be Christian, and I don't advocate, you know, I'm not out here advocating that or, or, or talking a lot about it, preaching to anyone about religion in these podcast episodes, but I just want to use this example for a second. So, you know that I, my wife and I have four kids, 
and um, three of them are teenagers, and one thinks he is, <laughs> and and uh, and and so we. Um, if you were to ask my kids, they would tell you at the age that they're at right now, they would tell you that they're Christian, that they believe in Jesus Christ, that they are religious. They would describe for you. If you were to ask them certain questions, they would describe for you their faith and what they believe in. And granted, they're at different stages of life and different ages, so how they said it would be different, but you would get a clear understanding that each one of my kids is Christian. Now, will they be Christian their whole life? I don't know that. Will they Will they ever choose to believe differently? They they most certainly could. That 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 could happen, right? But at this stage in their life, at the age they're at, they are Christian and they are people of faith. Well, why? I'm going to connect these two stories in a minute. But why are they? Why would they do that? Why would they describe their faith to you? Why why would they tell you that? It's because they've grown up. They're in an environment where they're hearing what? They're constantly throughout their lives hearing all about faith. They're having these experiences. They've grown up in that environment. They don't know anything different. So the culture of our home is Christian, is is faith-centered because that's the messaging that my wife and I have been giving, not to try to program them like robots. I try to make it very clear to them that they'll have their own experiences in life and they get to choose what they believe and what they don't believe. And then I try to share with them consistently experiences that I've had and my wife have had that 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 have led us to hold the beliefs we hold. They get to choose. The cool thing about every one of our lives is we get to choose what we believe. And so they get to choose. And, and, and we'll see where that takes them in their life. Um, so... Why am I telling this this story in this podcast episode? Because you guys, here's what's happening. In most of your organizations, on most of your teams, you're not messaging what you want people to believe. What you want them, what you want the culture to be. Some of you are doing a great job at this, and some of you are doing an okay job of it, but in most organizations and in most teams and in most most leaders, when I begin working with them, what I find in that early stage, and I found this for years, is we're not actively managing the culture. So then your employees start managing it, because guess what happens? You have people, let's take this plant that I was, I, you know, I'm working with this manufacturing company. I've been at one of their locations here in, in Georgia over the last few days, and uh, they're a coaching client of mine, working with uh, the leadership team, and um and so as I'm, as I'm in this particular plant and I'm hearing certain beliefs and, and if I get down to the associate level or the frontline employee level, well, where are those beliefs coming from? Well, that's because when somebody new joins that factory or that plant and they've already been through orientation, guess what, guess what one of their questions is to the people around them? Hey, Tell me a little bit about this company. Tell me how things work around here. Or they don't even have to ask. People around them start telling them stories about that boss or that policy or that team or how things work around here. And in that moment, guess what's happening? The employees are managing the culture. They're telling the other team members what to believe. 
they aren't saying it that way. And I don't sit down with my kids. Hey, you are going to be Christian. This is what, you know, that's not how it happens. You just, you're, you're messaging things and you're talking about things and suddenly beliefs start to develop. And so my point in all of this is I would have you consider what are the words that you need your employees to use? Just like that pharmaceutical company, they all describe the leadership team as transparent. And so you had a leader, the senior executive that was actively managing the culture. She wanted her team across the country, lots of people in various positions to believe that she and her team were transparent. So she would say that, and you can't just say, you have to back it up with experiences, but she would do it this way. She would start off a town hall in a virtual meeting with her, you know, people around the country, and she would say, hey, you know, in our effort to be transparent, because we're really working to be a transparent team and to lead this, you know, this business unit in a transparent way, so I want to show you this data. Puts up the slide on the screen and says, you know, here's some some figures that I want I want to show you, because we're we want we want to really be transparent. She does it once. And then guess what she does again a few weeks later? And another time a few weeks later, the same exact thing. And then her people believe, hey, we've got a really transparent leadership team. So my question to you is, what are the words or what are the beliefs you need the people on your team to hold? And write them down, like three or four words, three or four phrases, two or three statements that you need the people at that plant or on that team or in that department or across the organization to hold because it will help you achieve your desired results, whatever those might be. And then start messaging them, use them, create experiences that cause people to hold the belief that that's actually how things are here. That's the type of leadership team we have. You see what my experience is, is that most leaders don't do that. They're so focused on tasks and actions, the behaviors they need people, the things they need people to do, that that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about the beliefs or they're not talking about the culture that they need on their team or the beliefs that they need people to hold. And so this is something that I coach leaders with. In fact, I spent time today um, with an executive at this organization, a couple of executives saying, okay, well, let's walk through this. Here are some of the beliefs that I've heard um, during my my couple days on, on site this week, and I think these are working against you. What, what And what are the beliefs that you want people to hold? What are, what are the words that we want them to use? Okay, how can we, what, what are the experiences we could create in the next few weeks to start leading to that? And, um, and how do we get other members of the leadership team another level down or two levels down to be able to join us or help us in that as well? So that you're managing the culture or the culture is managing you. And if you don't think this stuff is important, you got something coming to you because the beliefs that the people on your team hold, that's creating, that's creating the mindset of your team. And the customer, you don't think the customer can feel that? Of course they can. It takes them like 2.8 seconds to feel that as they interact with your team. And so it becomes critically important. Okay, 
Um, this is actually perfect timing because I'm coming up on, a, <laughs> on my Google Maps. I'm looking at it on my screen in the rental car here, and it's starting to get pretty crazy. So I better cut this off so I make sure I end up at the Atlanta airport. I hope you're all doing well. Oh, crap. I need to tell you about something else. Um, and I should have led with this. Dang it. I should have mentioned it at the beginning. But I'll throw it in here, and then maybe I'll put it up uh, further up top in the next episode. So I have started um, offering a couple of different things online. And uh, if you're worried about my navigation, no worries. Um, I'm actually on the right road. And I'm not holding my phone, and I'm not looking at anything other than the road ahead of me. So calm down if you're freaked out about that. Some people get super anxious about it. Um, the um, Okay, so a couple things that I've just launched. At Russ Hill, Russ Hill, my name, dot me. So Russ Hill dot M-E. If you go to that site, what you're going to find is that once a week... I am now issuing a, um, a post, a, a newsletter, a, an article, whatever you want to call it, once a week on leadership, observations that I'm having. So this is, this is now in addition to the podcast that I'm doing. And so you go there and you subscribe and it's free to subscribe and you'll see a few of the articles that I've written over the last couple of months. <clears throat> and, um, and I'm putting, I'm going to put out new content once a week on that site russhill.me.me you can subscribe to it and all you're going to get the only thing you're going to get is that the that week's post or that week's um, article emailed to you all right so that is uh, that's something I'm super excited about I'm trying to create it's more than like a blog post it's it's like an article it's like I'm giving some thought I'm putting some images in it I'm creating different models and frameworks and you can see all of that at russhill.me the other thing you'll find on that website is that I'm offering what I call coaching sprints and these are like coaching huddles so some of you have been reaching out to me and some of you become clients in the last few weeks which is super super cool others of you have messaged me you're interested in different things um, I'm not trying to sell you on anything. If, it, if, if that's of interest to you, you know how to get a hold of me on LinkedIn. Um, and if you are interested, cool. If not, no worries. I'm trying to put out tons of free content as well, like this podcast. But um, on the website now, you'll find that I'm offering – so I, obviously now with the new firm that we've launched, I'm my, my business now is coaching executives and coaching leadership teams, and I, I offer that. But I also – some of you aren't – you, you don't have um, the time, the energy, the money, the desire, whatever it might be to interact or engage me in that way. And so on the website, you can actually schedule an hour. So not don't hire me in, on, on an ongoing basis or engage me as a, as a consultant on an ongoing basis. You could just say, hey, Russ, I've got this one issue or I'd, I'd really like you to help my leadership team in this one meeting. And, and come on and, and be part of our Zoom meeting or virtual meeting, or I just need I need help with this one aspect of my career growth, and I'd love some insight on that. You can uh, you can log onto the website and you can actually schedule that. There's a charge with it, um, and I honestly can't remember, and I'm not going to look at my phone because I'm driving. But um, I want to say it's it's like um, I'm just being totally open and candid with you, so I, I, I it it will. It will make sense for some of you. It won't make sense for others. But I want to say it's like twelve fifty, one thousand two hundred fifty dollars, twelve fifty to schedule that one-time coaching session with me. 
And uh, so, again, that will make sense for some of you. Others doesn't make any sense at all. So um, I won't spend any more time on it. But you can schedule that. You can um, book it, and and it's all frictionless. Like you don't, you can put on your calendar, and you can literally have something scheduled with me for like three days from now, or a week, or three weeks from now. Just look at your calendar. My calendar is um, synced in there, and you just pay for it, and we're good. And then we correspond. I I have you fill out some information, and then. It's all automated to where there's a system that sends you off an email and it asks you for some additional information, some questions that I'll have for you before the session. And then we coordinate um, via email and some different things and then we do the session. So if that's of interest to any of you, um, all of that is at RussHill.me as well. So you've got the you got the articles as well as the ability now to, uh, to schedule that. I'm trying to think what else is on there. I know there are a few... Um, yeah, there are a couple other things that I'm adding that I'll talk about later. So, um, all in my effort to reach more people and help more leaders who, um, that, that's the whole reason you all, why, why, why I left the firm I was at and I'm now doing what I'm doing. I wanted to help more leaders and I wanted, I wanted to spend less of my time on these huge, um, gigantic corporations and, and, you know, two, three, four year projects. And I wanted to get to more leaders of, yeah, I'm still working with corporations and large companies, Fortune 50 companies, but I wanted to work with some smaller um, organizations and smaller teams as well. And so this gives me the ability to impact more people, which I'm it's it's totally fulfilling to me. So, okay, I'm at the interchange where I've got to figure out where I'm going next. So hope you're doing well and uh, check out RussHill.me if you want more on that. Uh, I hope you're healthy. Hope you're well. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Two quick things for you. First, take a quick screenshot of your phone with the episode playing. Post that in your story on your favorite social media app. Help somebody else who could get the value you got out of this. It helps us as well by expanding our reach to more people who are trying to lead more effectively. Second, tap on the subscribe or follow button. Otherwise, I'm kind of just talking to myself over here and That's kind of (laughs) creepy. Thank you so much.